Hello, tribe, and welcome to the High Order Podcast. This podcast is all about finding yourself through mindset and movement. We dive into the philosophy of life, meaning, purpose, and the importance of physical activity. Enjoy the journey. It is barefoot season, Matt. It is is officially barefoot season. This means that we can take the shoes off, take the socks off, let the feet breathe. And not be worried about, and not be complaining that it's too cold. You can't win the surface on the pavement in your driveway is too cold. Or your grass in your yard is too cold. It's not cold anymore. Yeah, and uh, it allows us to feel the ground. I mean, (laughs) and as silly as that sounds... The advantages are the, uh, I don't want to say the advantages, but the, what is it? It's not advantages. It's the, uh, oh, you're, you're, uh, <laughs> it's not advantages. <laughs> I mean, it is advantages, but you know what? The, uh, the benefits, the ben- that's it. The benefits. Yeah, it's saying it's silly is that's silly too. Once we go barefoot for long enough, you and I have been going barefoot for long enough now to to see that we were kind of being silly by judging it as being silly before we went barefoot. Now it's sort of like just normal, you know. Normal was wearing shoes before, so barefoot was silly. And now wearing shoes all the time and you don't need to seems silly. Exactly. And so right now we're kind of hanging out in my woods, sitting on this uh, massive rock covered in moss that we hiked to a little bit of the woods barefoot. And uh, it just it just really grounds you in general. I mean, being barefoot makes you feel a little bit different makes you feel like it's kind of like when people go to the beach and they get their feet in the sand and they're like oh the feeling of the sand in my feet that's yeah. like the most of the time that people are barefoot they're usually not barefoot in the woods they're usually not barefoot hiking they're not yeah. barefoot like uh and new england is a great place actually to be barefoot in the woods for the most part it's not incredibly rocky there's good some there's leaves down um so it actually like kind of protects your foot in general but it feels good to walk around barefoot, man. Yeah, and when you walk around when you walk around barefoot enough, you don't take your shoes off and walk around uh what what's a good word to describe what someone looks like when they're at the beach and they're not used to going barefoot. They walk like they're 105 years old and they've <laughs> they've never touched the ground before. Oh, they kind of do the shuffle. They do like yeah. the, the, the shuffle yeah. and the awkward stuff, or, or they don't like the feeling of sand getting on their feet, or if yeah. they get like they're wearing shoes and they get the sand in their shoes, and then they're like, ugh. Like, well, imagine if you did anything else in your life and you acted that way the first time that you experienced it. So let's say, for example, like you uh, walked around outside with your shirt off. And you acted like, and you acted that way. Wouldn't that seem kind of strange? You know? <laughs> yeah, it would. Or if you sat in a chair and you, you started acting that way, <laughs> it's like, yeah, this chair is just disgusting. So, why, why do we act that way? Why do a lot of people act that way when you see them walking around barefoot and they haven't done it for a while? What's going on in your foot and in your body when your when your foot's hitting the ground? Well, I, I mean, I'm going to screw this number up because I'm really good at screwing up every statistic and stuff like that. So, um, you know, take it for what it's worth. But I believe we have a third or a quarter or a third of the muscles of our entire body in our foot. I think there's 33, 30, maybe, maybe 36, maybe 30, somewhere around there, 30 something muscles in our foot, which is uh, more muscles that we have in one region than anywhere else on our body. So when we are barefoot, that could be bones, but we'll Google that later. Bones, I think we have 26 bones. I okay. think it's 26 bones in the foot, and there's 30-something muscles in the foot. 
But once again, but it's all lies. That's just <laughs> it just lies. Uh, there's some truth to so, it somewhere that you could you could look it up or we could look it up and figure it out. But uh, with all you know, those damn bones and all the, all those muscles. If you were to think about it like your hand, right? Could you imagine if your hand was stuck tight and restricted and compressed all day long, and then you took it out of whatever glove or compressive device was preventing it from moving, if functioning the way it's supposed to? Could you imagine if your hand felt the way that your foot does when you're walking like that guy on the beach, what that would feel like? What if your hands felt the way your feet do? Yeah, like, like put your hand in your sock. Just do that. Just yeah. put your hand in your sock, Seven and then, days a week for <laughs> and then, and then, then yeah. go to work right. with your hands in your sock, and then make sure that after you put your hand in a sock, you put it in, you know, a high heel. Put your hand in a high heel and just start like <laughs> try to try to just like function with your hand in the high heel. It's not gonna work, right? It's right. gonna be all jacked up. Right. It's gonna shove your index finger to your middle finger, so right. it's changing the natural direction of the way that your your muscles and your bones are sitting and so your 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 hand and your feet are supposed to articulate in and i think in the probably the most diverse um and various um ways out of any other part of your body and that's for that's for a reason you need dexterity in your hands you need to have proprioception in your hands you need to be able to um grab things of different textures of different weights different sizes and your feet sort of work in a similar way when you consider the various that the number of uh um obstacles or, or different types of terrain that our feet are designed to walk over you know if your feet if your hands only grabbed the bottom of a shoe if you put your hand in a shoe for as long as you put your feet in a shoe your hand would eventually adapt to only the sensation of the bottom of the shoe now that's what your feet go through and your feet when you go barefoot long enough and you work on your feet in the proper function they're going to start to work more like your hands work now and they're going to feel more like your hands feel now you're going to gain some of that sensation back you know you, you know in, in a simple way to even i, I love this I, I love doing this like a simple test to understand how jacked up your feet are, because I guarantee you they are jacked up. If you can't walk around your house barefoot, your feet are jacked up. If you can't walk around your yard without paying your feet, your feet are jacked up. And I'm going to show you why. We're going through this right now. People are required to wear gloves, like latex, like as like latex gloves, right? Like um, a lot of them are too hot. They're too small. They're right. Tight. So so they're tight. Yeah. Um, you're doing stuff with them, which is, you could do most things with them without a doubt. But I'm sure at some point when you're doing something with those gloves on, you're like, these gloves are stupid. Or if you're in the grocery store with gloves on, you're like, man, I really wish I didn't have these gloves on. Guess what your feet are saying? The exact same thing. And, and, and you were bringing up before we even started this, like, you know, if you were to walk around with oven mitts on every yeah. single day or for like eight hours a day and all that other stuff. Think of how much you can't do. You can do like one purpose. You can grab onto something, not even like a good grab, but you can grab onto something and take it out of the oven because it's hot. And then you're like, screw this glove. I'm taking this thing off. Now we've been conditioning our feet ever since we are a young child to wear shoes and wear socks that are way too tight. 
And then what happens is that we have these fun things called like bunions that happen because our shoes are cramming our feet and our toes into the direction that they're not supposed to. So one good test to look at to see if your feet are jacked up is if you, <laughs> I mean, realistically, this is what we're telling you straight. Like your feet are jacked up. You're, you're all fucked up. And guess what? That pain that's happening in your hip and knee, it's all because your feet, you know, if you look down at your foot. I Andrew thinking he's being insulting because it's... <laughs> It's, it's, it's coming off playful. I'm no, I, I am. I am. Yeah. I am. I'm coming off playful. You're right. Uh, but if you look down at your foot right now and you square your foot up, so it's probably like your, your pinky is probably further away than your big toe or your big toe is further away than your pinky. But if you square your foot up, I want you to look at the main joint of your big toe, like the bottom joint of your big toe. It goes all the way to your pinky. That needs to be the widest part of your foot the widest part. It should not be even with the rest of your foot. It shouldn't be small. Like if you're looking at, let me, let, let's re, let, let me rephrase that. If you look at the nail of your big toe to the nail of your pinky toe, that should be the widest part of your foot. If your nail, your big toe to your pinky of your big toe is smaller than any other part of your foot, Width-wise. Width-wise, thank you. Your feet are jacked up. They are. And, and they're functioning and they're working because that's what's so great about the body. But especially, I would say, women more than men on this one because you guys put your feet in some tiny-ass shoes. Don't don't get me wrong. It looks good. Don't get me wrong. It looks good. And for fashion, we, we got to you know, do a lot of things for fashion. Um, I know nothing about fashion, so... <laughs> sweatpants and sweatshirts, but <laughs> in bare feet and logs. Um, so there's a lot. There's a lot of like, um, you know, um, we call them uh, hang-ups, psychological hang-ups with footwear. And one of the one of the things I found when I when I bring up this conversation with people that I know or listen to other people who are way smarter than me who devote their whole careers to to feet and footwear who talk about these things is. When you bring up this subject to people, the first barrier they have is psycho-emotional. And it doesn't, it doesn't have any, it doesn't have much, it's not grounded in reality and the truth of what's really going on in your anatomy, in your actual foot that's sitting in front of you when you take it out of a shoe and you look at it. What's, what, what's, what's happening is we have these, um, these cultural norms and a lot of them are just related to fashion, like you said. And footwear has been sort of um, used as um, a way for people to make profit because the message has been buy new footwear, buy different types of footwear that look certain ways. And you get a, Style. Certain, you get a certain feeling when you purchase footwear. So if you remove that stereotype for a moment and you just think clearly for about footwear and about your feet for a moment just think very clearly just put away all the opinions and stereotypes you have and emotional baggage and psychological baggage about footwear and how they're um some people throw out stereotypes oh hippie um you know you look weird in public barefoot all of those things are all just obstacles for you to sit down and look at your foot you and your foot and think about the actual anatomy and what shoes are doing to your foot now, shoes or footwear, in my opinion, should be considered clothing. They protect your feet 
from the elements, the same as any other article of clothing on your body. If you wear a tight suit that constricts the blood flow in your neck <laughs> and you can't raise your shoulder above, above, you can't raise your arm up above your ear, your shoulder, that's, that's not clothing to me. That's restricting your, mo- it's, not per- it's not guarding you from the elements, it's fashion. And the same thing goes with footwear. Uh, you want footwear to not restrict your natural movement and the natural functioning of your of your feet. And uh, when you wear uh, footwear that does that, that restricts the function of your feet, you're going to look at your foot and you're going to see that your toes are tapered in like a toe box because your body adapts to what it experiences the most. So if it's in a shoe all the time, it's going to adapt to that shape. When you take it out of the shoe, it's not just going to go back to normal. So you need to get rid of the damn shoe. <laughs> that's that's the whole point. And put or buy and, shoes and look at shoes as being protective clothing for your foot, and that's it. So let, let, yeah, before I move on, let's go over a couple a couple key things to think about when you purchase shoes. Um, yeah, there are shoes. And let's put this out there: there are companies that make shoes that have a very fat toe box. For that whole purpose. And, you know, CrossFit shoes, like Reebok, Nanos, the old school ones, were very good at that as they made a really fat toe box so your foot could be really flat on the ground. But that's more of a fitness shoe. But we're going to talk about there. We're going to talk about a couple companies that actually make shoes that are, are built for your feet to be natural as well as some things to think about when buying shoes. Yeah, so we'll, let, we'll, we'll talk about – I'm going to bring up uh, four things you should look for when you buy f- – um, footwear for your shoes or for your feet sorry <laughs> footwear when we're done talking for your about, shoes when we're done talking about uh protective footwear for your feet um uh, maybe we can get into for a couple minutes um yeah we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out so number one wide you want to make sure that the footwear is wide that you can splay your toes so it doesn't compress your foot laterally when you when you step down and apply pressure uh, to the foot and the body weight, when your center of gravity starts to roll over the ankle joint and your feet, those tissues are designed. You were born with the ability to absorb, and when you absorb, when the foot absorbs, it naturally compresses. But when you have tight fitting rubber around the foot, it prevents that function from happening. Number two, thin. You want it thin so you can feel the ground. You want to maintain that proprioceptive function. Number three is flat, something that is not a high heel, for example. So heel to toe drop should be zero. Most running shoes are five mil, four mil. You don't want to stand on Yeah, they usually have the heel a little bit higher because you guys are all used to that, so it feels comfortable. Mm. But we're trying to break that comfort. And the fourth one is flexible, something to allow for motion and to prevent the stiffness and weakness that you feel after a long day with your foot in a shoe. Your your foot theoretically should not feel excessively stiff. And when it when it feels stiff all the time, that is a that is a sign that it is weak. The bones and the muscles are not functioning. So I'll recap. Number 1, make sure that the footwear that you're wearing is wide. It's wide enough for your foot without any friction occurring on any side of the foot or on the top. It should feel like a big shoe. Number two is thin, so you can feel the ground, something that's not too, that's not providing too much um, interference between your foot's ability to feel the ground you're walking on. Number three is flat, something that does not have a heel-to-toe rise. Number four is flexible. 
So let's let's I'm gonna dive into the on the the nerdy side of things here. Okay, so why do we want a thin shoe? When you walk around barefoot, each individual contact point with the ground is are is going to articulate a muscle and it's gonna fire a muscle. Now each toe actually ties directly into a certain muscle of your leg. Okay. Big toe, we'll even say like the big toe really ties into the vastus medialis, the inside um, quadricep muscle, okay? So if your toe slightly cants in, most likely you're not allowed to apply a full pressure. It's usually that you're putting more pressure on your metatarsal pad. And if you look at the bottom of your foot, the center of... Like in between all your toes, the base of your toes, the base of your turd, turd, your the base of your second and third toe, there might be a callus built up. If you have a callus built up in the middle of your foot, just like at the base of your toes, it means you are not using your big toe as it should, which means that you're not firing your vastus medialis, which is a big quadricep muscle. When you wear or when you're not wearing shoes and you're hitting uneven ground and uneven texture, a couple things are happening. One, it's creating massage for your foot. So it's keeping the muscles nice and relaxed and moving. Number two, it's also creating the neuromuscular or neuromuscular facilitation uh, to the brain and making sure that the firing chain of your muscles is correct. You know, you should be able to pick your leg up, close your eyes, and balance totally fine. If you have a hard time balancing, then it's, a, it's clearly a sign that you do not have proper function of what's going on in your foot. Um, like I said, you should be standing still, close your eyes with your head straight forward, bring your knee up. Your hip is going to be at 90 degrees. Your knee is going to be at 90 degrees. So that means your heel should not be underneath your butt. Your heel should be underneath your knee. And you should be able to hang out there for a minute at least without having any issues of falling. That is a really good test. When we put the shoes on we don't have and we have that thick rubber sole, what's happening is it's numbing those muscles. You're not feeling the articulation of your muscles. You're not feeling the articulation of your foot. So it's pretty much you know, someone doing a bicep curl for you and expecting that your biceps are about to like get strong. You need to actually do that movement, do that work of that foot onto the ground that's going to help fire the muscles that like fire in order. Uh, you want that shoe nice and wide. Once again, we want to make sure that we're using that full pad. You should have a callus on the metatarsal pad, which is the big round part underneath your big toe. You should have a callus underneath your big toe. You should have a callus kind of by your pinky toe and more of a callus on the heel. When we wear shoes a lot, we weaken our arch. And when we have shoes, we could step on something in the middle of our foot and it doesn't have any reaction. Now, if you have a hard time walking barefoot on wood floors, it means you have a very weak arch. There's a bunch of different exercises that I teach that help build the foot of the arch. I spent all last, the arch of the foot, I spent all last year trying to fire mine. It took me about 20 to 30 minutes of staring at my foot. I felt like I was paralyzed because I couldn't get the muscles to fire. At the same time, if you are standing with your foot flat on the ground, you should be able to pick up your big toe and have the other four toes remaining on the ground. You should be able to immediately switch by pushing the big toe down 
and the little toes are the last four toes up off the ground. And you should be able to switch between big toe and little toes and be able to switch back and forth by picking them up. You should also be able to hold your big toe and your pinky toe down on the ground and then raise the middle three toes of your foot. Now, you can actually learn this pretty darn quick if you stop trying to force it, you stare at your toes, you could even sit down and do this and concentrate on it. Doing all these little things is gonna start building your arch. So a lot of people, I have a low arch, I have bad arches. No, you don't have bad arches. People have big arches, people have small arches. The fact of the matter is, is you're probably not utilizing that arch the way it's supposed to be used because your foot is shoved in a shoe so it doesn't need to use the arch. The arch is so important into supporting our body and making sure we have rebound. The, the foot is a natural shock absorber. It's made to do this. The Terra down in Mexico are people who run barefoot for 200 miles. Um, what, what, what's the name of that book? Born, Born to Run. Born to Run. Christopher McDougall. Yeah. Yeah. Wrote a book and he was trying to figure out why these people down in Mexico, they, 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 they're hard to find. They, you know, they're pretty closed off to the world. Why they go and they just run 200 miles barefoot. And people are trying to figure it out. And this, U, I think it's either UCLA or UC Berkeley, back in the early 90s, decided to take his college athletes that were training for the Olympics and start training them barefoot. He started training them barefoot and they came in and started winning events left and right. And it's because they were able to use their arch as a spring rather than buying shoes with a four inch heel of pure shock. Now, another thing on top of this, I know I sidetracked off of this, but we're gonna talk about orthotics. Really quick, when it comes to absorbing um, impact and, and basically using your, what you were born, the elasticity that your body was born with. Elasticity is when you walk, when you run on the ground or walk on the ground, your body has all these different, these different joints and tendons that when they're functioning properly, they're going to give and they're going to absorb the weight of your body over them. And they're not going to be using primarily muscle to propel you forward, but they'll use elastic energy. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing as a spring. It's the same concept. When the spring is compressed as your foot, picture a spring, hits the ground. If you have proper functioning of all the joints and tendons in your kinetic chain from your foot to your top of your head, that spring is just going to assist you in propelling you in, a, in whatever direction that you're heading and you will use some muscle muscular contraction but if you have proper functioning of all these things you'll be able to use your elastic energy to propel you forward which will allow for you to to not have to strain so much when you run or when you walk and force muscles to work that shouldn't be working during that natural gait cycle if that makes sense and what does that tie back to, Matt? A little steady state training right there. Understanding yep. <laughs> we need to walk for a mile before we run a mile. It helps build the elasticity of the foot. Let's get a really, a really quick picture on, on what I mean by uh, elastic energy. I'm pointing to my joints and my toe. So let's, let's look at all the joints that we go through as we go through the gait cycle and we touch the ground. We have, I don't know the technical name. I'm going to point to it. So we have 
big toe flexion. You have your big toe joint. There you have your. I think it's your first first metatarsal. Then you have that's your joint. metatarsal. Now you're touching. So we have one your and tarsals. two in, in your first your first big your toe. tarsals. You we have, have your tarsals. You have your metatarsals. The tarsals are all the little muscles that are in your toes. So you have your so, tarsals that are like that actually contract. And when yeah. you crunch your toes, you're using the tarsals of your foot. So when our foot hits the ground, we're gonna go. We have two joints in our, our in our big toe. We have we have this elastic energy building already in those those joints if they're moving properly. Then we have go down, go up to your ankle, and we have the ankle joint. These this is another spring. That's three. Go to your knee. That's four. Go to your hip. That's five. You have five different. Um, joints, joints, and they're all should be working in tandem with one another. And some of them are going to be really, really stiff if you're wearing shoes too much. And some of them might be too mobile. So when you go to run or you go to walk, just walking, we don't have to talk about running. If those, if any one of those joints is too stiff, it's not working properly. What's going to happen is your body is going to find a way to make that action of walking work by bypassing that joint, wherever the joint is in that kinetic chain, it's gonna bypass it. And what do you do? You compensate. And what happens when you compensate? It goes all the way up your body. Your, your body finds somewhere, somewhere in your body, it could always, it can even go up to your neck. It could go up to your trap. If your big toe is not working properly, you could develop over time problems in your trap, up in your neck, that is directly related to your big toe, especially when it comes to bunions. Well, I mean, it ties into the, the body is stacked into a mobile fo or b followed by a stable joint. So you have a mobile, stable, mobile, stable, mobile joint. And, and, and we'll break it down in the easy terms. We'll just use the lower half of the body since we're talking about that. The ankle, it is a mobile joint. It can go inversion, eversion, dorsiflexion, plantar flexion. Uh, you can move it in almost every direction. When we go to the knee, it's a stable joint joint goink joint stable joint so we can flex and extend and we have very slight internal external rotation but it's a very stable joint the hip mobile joint you can pick that thing you could flex extend adduction abduction internal rotation external rotation you can move that hip in every single direction so if our ankle if our mobile joint is not mobile guess where it's pulling from a stable joint it's pulling from a knee so then you were causing knee pain if and, you're, and if the same thing will happen with the hip if the hip is not a mobile joint guess where it's going to pull from two places knee or back because the back is a stable joint so we, i don't want to um we talked about feet and then we just kind of covered um or at least touch base on how compensation from poor function of the foot can track all the way up the body and and we we focused in on the foot and we just briefly went up the body and they're all connected everything is interrelated so we got really we got a little bit specific on the foot and to just would i would being i'd be doing a disservice if we didn't touch on why wearing natural footwear buying footwear that has those four criteria we talked about is so crucial and important not only for your foot, but for your entire body. We have compensations and shortening of tissue, shortening of your calf and your gastroc, your soleus, 
all the way up to your lower back that have happened from years. Neck, you know, all the way up to the neck. Your neck, saying. your neck, absolutely. You're, if for years of wearing compressive footwear that has um, prevented the natural functioning of the foot that's caused stiffness, weakness, and ultimately dysfunction and compensation all the way up your body. When you loosen up your feet and you work on your feet for a while and practice uh, some of the things you just discussed, I guarantee you, you're going to notice if you, the body wants to self-correct, you're going to notice when you walk barefoot more often that you're going to feel some alleviation, some of the stiff parts of your body that you, and it, some of it will be subtle. Some of it might be more drastic, but your body is craving for that natural foot function. It wants it to happen. Yeah. So a, a lot of my gym clients actually work out now without shoes on and I love it. And I'm going to tell you what, the best way to test, to see whether your feet are jacked up or not, put shoes on, grab some sort of weight. It doesn't have to be heavy, but it can be. And just do 10 squats. Kick your feet, or kick your feet off. Kick your shoes off and do those exact same 10 squats and you're going to feel that that squat feels entirely different. And it's because, once again, you're numbing the proprioceptors in your foot by wearing a shoe. You're not feeling the ground, which is also inhibiting muscles that are supposed to be firing for the squat. And it's just going to jack your system up. So take your shoes off, try squatting, and watch what happens to your squat position too. You might actually have a different squat position with your shoes off. And this is one of those things, this baseline test that I tell people to do. Hey, if your squat doesn't feel good, kick your shoes off and try and squat because your squat without a shoes is going to be your natural function, your natural way to squat. If anyone has any questions after we're done with this, um about running specific and they want to shoot you an email about it, I'd be more than happy to give some uh, some drills, some exercises that are running specific. Otherwise, if we're just looking just to start out baseline, like you've been in shoes for 50 years, you know, and you want to just learn how to get some nat- some basic function back, the, there, we also have movements and exercises for that too. Yeah, and that's true. I mean, this is coming from Matt. Remember, guys, Matt runs ultra marathons, 200 miles at a time, over 280 miles at a time, 100 miles at a time, like that... He, he, trust me, there, he's, he's an expert on understanding what's going on with his feet. And one thing that we can do, so one thing, here's a little tip for you guys. Um, go and buy some correct toes or start listening to the Foot Collective uh, podcast. Go check them out as well. We get a lot of their inf- uh, information from them. They also sell uh, toe spreaders. But a toe spreader, very much like I've never gotten a pedicure in my life. But apparently they give them kind of like they're similar to what happens at a pedicure. What it is, is it's a toe spreader that it creates space in your toes. So it starts naturally separating your toes to be back to its natural point of way that you're born. So if you look at a baby's foot, this is a perfect example. Look at a baby's foot. You understand the footprint. You know that their toes are the fattest part of it. Now look at your foot. Does it look like a baby's foot? Probably not. And if it doesn't, then you know your feet are jacked up. But you can correct that, which is so great. And the more time that you spend barefoot, and all we say is wear 10 minutes of toe spreaders, walk around the house with them, uh, but spend 10 minutes in toe spreaders a day and try to spend 30 minutes a day barefoot. And I don't mean just kick your socks and shoes off and walk and, and sit on a couch, but walk around barefoot, go outside in your yard, feel the grass, do things like that. At the same time, uh, you know, just walking around your house with bare feet 
isn't going to cut it. You're going to need the different textures of, of the ground. I, for one, could not even walk one or two steps on gravel without losing my shit because it hurt so bad. Now I'm doing sled drags on that same exact terrain that I couldn't even walk on. I can do sled drags on. So I'm hooking up weight onto my back and I'm running on gravel. So it can happen. You just got to put in the time. 10 minutes of toe spreaders that will soon like, you know, at 10 minutes, usually it starts to hurt the feet, but you can start building that up. Now it takes me about two to three hours before my feet start bothering me. And then I take them out. When it gets painful, that's when you take the toe spreaders out, but it's going to help kind of separate the toes. It's going to kind of help fix any bunions they have, especially if you had a bunion nectomy and you had to fix your bunion. Guess what? It's going to come back. So you need to put in the time. You're going to need to separate the toes. You're going to need to feel the ground. You're going to need to feel that kind of uneven texture that's hitting your foot and take slow baby steps. I mean, slow. Take 10 steps on gravel for the day. That's it. Great. It doesn't have to be harsh gravel. It can be very fine gravel. Take 10 steps in the woods. Great. Put your shoes back on. Go for a hike. Take your shoes off when the ground is relatively like sand or dirt and then put them back on when it gets tough. Little tiny things that we could start implementing as we always talk about. It's the tiny little steps that you do day in and day out that is going to make the change. It's going to help you not only gain control of your foot, understand that you can fix your foot, but also understand that you don't need all that support. And orthotics, what I was talking about with orthotics is orthotics are like a crutch. They're, they're a neck brace. So if you get in a car accident, you get whiplash, you put a neck brace on. You don't wear that neck brace for the rest of your life. Do you? No, you don't. So stop wearing your orthotics for years at a time. They're not helping your plantar fasciitis. Your plantar fasciitis is a, is a cause one from quick weight gain, but a weak arch. But if you kind of can minimize both those things or work with them, that could really help out. I had plantar fasciitis um, when I did a massing template and I put on 25 pounds in, what was it? Eight weeks, eight, 10 weeks. I put 25 pounds on and I got plantar fasciitis from it. And, uh, then I had to spend about 18 months getting rid of it, but that's also when I started dialing in my feet and being like, what the hell is going on? So these are just some easy, simple tips that you can do to help fix your feet. Shoes are an obstacle to allowing your body to heal itself. Your body wants to go back to baseline. It wants the natural function to come back. Just allow it to happen. Give it a chance. And don't just shove your foot back in that same shoe after you do a lot of work with your feet. Make a permanent change. Get rid of, get rid of all the shoes that don't meet the criteria I just talked about. And yes, I still have some footwear that I need to wear that are more protective and do compress my foot on occasion. And also some footwear with all the miles I'm running and walking all the time that does provide more of a, of a, um, more protection for my foot. There are, there are obviously some exceptions, but that I'm my, I have permission to do that because I work on my feet so much and because I practice what I preach. So like I said, remove the obstacles, let, allow your foot to heal itself, allow your body to heal itself by first removing that, that shoe. Do 
make make the make the commitment to yourself to get rid of all the shoes that are doing the damage to your foot and start to wear footwear start to think about footwear like clothing that protects you from the elements and that's it it's protecting you from getting cuts scrapes anything like that to your foot and that's it but you don't want to prevent the natural function of your foot that's all i got and and last little thing here it doesn't just tie to shoes it ties down to socks as well if you have tight socks that's already inhibiting your foot as well so do what you can start working on your feet mobilize walk around in nature Feel your big toes hitting the ground. Feel your little toes hitting the ground. Switch between them. Go look up some uh, arch building exercises. Some calf raises are really good as well. Um, just kind of squatting down in a catcher's position is really good. Really push those big toes into the ground. Reach really tall. Stand real tall. Reach your arms above your head up onto your toes. Try and find that balance throughout your position. Work on your feet. It is perfect time to get started on this. It is barefoot weather right now, so get started. And uh, we'll keep this one nice and short this week. I know we're late. We apologize, but uh, it's still coming out. So you guys enjoy, and we'll hear from you next week.